Okay, well, welcome to our um, sermon discussion podcast. And so those of you who are participating, we don't have very many today yet. It's Memorial Day, and people are still enjoying monster cookies. And Sue Roseman made chocolate chip cookies that I didn't know about until I got out there. So I needed to tell people about that, too. So my first question for us today is, what is the nature of spiritual warfare, if somebody, uh, what, what would be people's answers to that question? If you went up to somebody on a Christian campus and said, what is spiritual warfare? How do you think that they would answer that? What are some of the popular conceptions of what spiritual warfare might be? Who would like to offer an optional answer to what people might say? I think people would say it is basically fighting the devil. It's like, you know, he's trying to get us and, you know, we have to call on Jesus or angels or, you know, to fight against the devil. Yeah, I I do think that that might be one of my first impressions too is that when I hear the term, like if somebody says, oh man, I'm really into spiritual warfare these days, I would would raise an eyebrow and kind of wonder what kind of... um, creepy stuff are they talking about? What other possible public perspectives of spiritual warfare might there be? Um, exorcism, I think. Okay. Is a popular notion of uh, spiritual warfare. All right, so when you would have to face somebody who is actually demon-possessed and, um, and then deal with how to get the demon out of them, it would be kind of frightening. Joe, you want to? Say most people. Well, I want to have the mic so we can get recorded. I think most, a lot of people, I mean, if we're going to ask like at a college campus, they say there is no such thing as spiritual warfare. You're only dealing with real physical people and people online and people who don't think the same way as you, but there's not spiritual warfare. Yeah, so for sure, if you were asked that question to uh, people who are not church, they, they would perceive the whole thing as being some sort of... Um, uh, what's that? Superstition, right on our part. That's not real. There's not really a spiritual battle. Any other thoughts about what might be perceptions of what spiritual warfare is? So, what is it really? All right. So, if it's not those things, how would you? And you know, based on what Dan was saying this morning, what you heard from the message, how would you define? Spiritual warfare. What would be your elevator speech? Did I see you? Did I see you um, bid? Well, we, you know, have to go to the word, and it tells us that it's against principalities and spiritual things. You know, things that we can't see. So it's not against flesh and blood. Correct. Right. So what are what are these things? What are principalities and what are they? Do they have names? I would say, you know, the devil would okay. be one thing. And then he has demons, and it talks about demons in the Bible. And then there's angels, that, um, and the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, and okay. God. Those things are in that spiritual warfare. Yeah. So there's a spiritual reality. There's an invisible reality that's present that has sentient um, persons that live and think, and they are 
anti-Jesus or pro-Jesus in the case of angels, and there are conflicts that occur. Um, Daniel tells us about the, the one angel that had to wrestle for some time before he was able to bring Daniel a response to his prayer. And so there's some kind of similar thing to that. What other ways would you describe spiritual, what other, what would you add as a definition for spiritual warfare, John? Well, I would, I, I think I would add to it that it would be any, any time where either my, internally I'm fighting a spiritual battle in a sense. I'm, uh, I know that I should be doing what is right, but my desire is to do what is wrong. So I have my own sinful battle that I have. And sometimes Satan is a part of that and sometimes he isn't. Yeah, that was something that I thought Dan brought out well, is that there's, it's a combination of those different variables and that there are external persons who try to have us think differently. Sometimes they maybe just work through other voices in our culture, like media or famous persons or through songs or through general, you know, they say this and they say that, right? So there's an opinion... But then there's also this component where my own sin nature has a propensity to buy in to a lie of Satan, or else maybe I have a persistent lie that I haven't overcome in my life yet. And so those those things are spiritual conflicts. Why do we use the word spiritual conflict? What am I talking about? What What do you mean by... I know we know what we mean, but I'm trying to get us to describe it a little bit more. What is a spiritual conflict on the inside? What is that? What's going on? When you feel that battle, John, what, what are you talking about? When Because I know what you're talking about. I just would like to try to describe it. Well, it is, you know, we know that we have a, a spirit. And so it would be something that's coming from <clears throat> inside of me in my spiritual side, which you know, I'm, I was just thinking, well, what else, what other battle would I have? Well, one of them would be, um, do I trust the scriptures? Um, Satan obviously is going to tell me that I cannot trust the scriptures, or he's going to work to twist the scriptures. If I don't know all of it, or I don't study all of it, I could be led astray by saying, reading something and saying, oh, well, that's interesting, you know, I, that's where name it, claim it type of a thing goes, because it's a spiritual battle. It's the spirit that is telling me that I can have anything I want as long as I ask for it. But if I study all of Scripture, the Spirit, Holy Spirit would tell me, no, you can have everything that God wants you to have, yeah. but he may not want you to have everything. So that would be one of the ways I could go on, but I better not. Right. So there are, there are examples of spiritual battles that we would have, and I, I hear what you're saying. Um, for me, like I would say, I'm trying to decide whether or not I should lift weights this morning or just go for a walk and skip the weightlifting thing. Is that a spiritual battle? Maybe. But there's, I would say not most of the time. It feels like a... Um, Everything's spiritual in that sense, right? So everything about my life matters. So I guess I should confess that that 
would matter. Jesus cares about whether I lift weights or not, so that's okay. But the but if I had to be more uh, accurate about what I would consider a spiritual battle, it would be something like, I can't tell what to do in this situation. Or I know what to do in a situation, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to obey. Or something has made me sad, and I know I should not be so sad. I have reasons to be joyful, but I just can't overcome that sorrow because I'm discouraged. Are those spirits, is that what we're talking about? Or is it turn these stones and make them bread? Does it have to be epic, um, cosmic levels of battle to be spiritual? You, you see what I'm trying to say? How would you counsel me? What would, how would you, what would you say? Anyone? Okay, you can't talk without a mic. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> now you can. Now I forgot what I was going to say. That's okay. See, is that a spiritual battle? Yeah, it could be. Um, there are all kinds of levels you started to say. Yeah, it, I, I don't think every battle has to be an epic battle. Um, sometimes they are minor battles. And um, I guess I always thought of a spiritual battle, I mean, I always compared it to a physical one. If, I mean, physical, you can, you can grab a hold of it and wrestle with it and, and, and fight it, you know, on, on your own. And I guess I feel pretty defenseless when I have to use my own mind because I feel so weak. But I guess that's, for me, what a spiritual battle always was, is a, a battle in your mind, in your, in your soul, that you, you can't grab a hold of. It's, it's just an that inner inner battle um and yeah i think they can be on really different levels um actually prayer time this morning i had written out everything i wanted to say and i sat in my chair this morning and wrote it out and i had this great speech all all prepared you know talking about you know my my parents and going right through memorial day and i got up there and my voice gets shaky, and I have 30 thoughts going through my head, and I pick up one here and one there, and everything that I thought I was going to say, I didn't. And, and I guess that's, I don't know if that's a spiritual battle too, because I, I didn't do what I wanted to do. It was like my inner soul just didn't connect. And what do you think? How would you... Answer, Doug, is that spiritual warfare? Give me words. I don't think that in particular might, might not be spiritual warfare. Sometimes that's just God directing us to say something else, you know, because we thought we want, knew what we wanted to say and we didn't say it, so it could just be God directing us to say something else. But I see with spiritual warfare, I think that, well, a sin is a sin is a sin, and sometimes we just basically sin. You know, we can't blame everything on the devil, maybe do it. Spiritual warfare is more something that is stopping us from doing what God wants us to do. So, you know, we know he's leading us in one direction, and then there's all of a sudden this huge wall in front of us. I think that could be more like spiritual war warfare because, you know, Satan's trying to stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Yeah. So I think you're right about <clears throat> the Doug situation that 
you know, said first is, um, if any public speaker ever said everything that they thought they were going to, I'd like to meet that person, right? Um, so that's always true anyway, that, that the Lord kind of sometimes, and I've, in my own experience, been surprised by how many times Jesus adds something to the message that I hadn't thought of mm -hmm. that I learn on the, pro, in, in, on the fly. I hate mm -hmm. to say it that way, but I learn it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know, I'm, I'm actually experiencing the aha moment mm -hmm. with you at the same time that I'm saying it. So, so there is an aspect to that part that would make me want to not. But I do also think that a person speaking for the Lord, like in leading in prayer, there is the enemy who does flood your mind. I mean, it's amazing to me sometimes how in the moments before, not so much recently, but in the moments before speaking where a bunch of profanity will just come to my mind. I don't know why. It's just, just Satan uh, attacking. And I have to uh, confess my sin and, and seek to rest in Jesus and not try to, but you know what I'm saying, just horrible things like that come from the enemy. Back to what you said, though, Julie, when there's a wall standing in front of us and we can't get through it, I think that kind of terminology makes me a little bit, because that sounds like an offensive situation. And, and remember, Paul says that there are many that stand against his missionary work, and so we need to pray for that. But but the armor that Dan talked about is largely defensive. Right? Take your stand against the attacks of the enemy. Quench his darts. And so so I think in general, it's defense and offense. Glenn. Maybe I oversimplified to some degree, but there's, there's the old statement, I found the enemy and it is I. Um, a lot of times the stuff is internal. And when I talk, think of the spiritual battles, a lot of times it's my, what my heart wants to do is versus what my head knows I should do. Yeah. Um, you know, Scripture says, you know, the, will, the good that I would that I don't. Um, it's that battle. And it's, to me, it's a slippery slope sometimes. You know, Julie can talk about the big wall, but sometimes the big wall becomes, becomes because we cut corners along the way and allowed things to go, and all of a sudden what was the little hurdle before becomes a big wall because we didn't realize we were on that slippery slope. So you know, yeah. although it might not be as serious in the beginning, we need to be careful where we're headed with it. Yeah, I do think that's a wise counsel too, is that, and, and these are the schemes of the enemy is that uh, it's the little failures that we say, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, that's no big deal. Oh, right, you know. And then all of a sudden window shopping turns into shoplifting, right? And so it, it, you switch and um, you cross the line. The other thing that comes to mind is, you know, sometimes accountability is the key to fighting some of those things. It's tough to fight the battle yourself. So if there's someone you can talk to to support you, even, even to, you know, call you on things when you don't like to be called on them, Accountability is an important piece of the warfare, I think, not to fight the battle by ourselves. You know, a strand of three is stronger. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that part that Dan brought out, too. And in, in the prayer at the end is a community base, but also the shield of faith, the imagery that our faith protects one another and we, we care about each other. And so it's platoon protection, not just individual protection. Yeah, the, the whole context of Ephesians is the whole body being built together. And so this. It would be really foreign for us to view this. It would be foreign to Paul for us to view this as individual battles. These are, this is community battles. <clears throat> Sometimes 
maybe there's a real obvious attack from an outside force, right? Sometimes a person could have come into the, a church environment with a, a really bad attitude or some theology that's divisive. And I, I would imagine that Paul probably experienced a lot of that kind of thing as a church planter, right? In Paul's missionary experiences and also the amount of opposition that he experienced from political systems, right? He was a prisoner and the, and the whole the whole guild of silversmiths attacked him because of the ruining of the idol industry. And so Paul's experience of the outside forces may be greater than ours, than mine. So I maybe sometimes diminish how likely those things are that they could happen. But when they do, man, they're really obvious, right? When somebody attacks or when a church has a conflict and a split or something, those are really obvious attacks. Any other thoughts about the nature of spiritual warfare? John? I was, uh, <clears throat> I was thinking as they were talking, I was thinking about uh, Pilgrim's Progress and the, the way he described spiritual warfare, it can be either like the slough of despair was something that the Satan had put in their way, you know. And then you have the, the, the next one was worldly wise man who tried to convince him that, that he had to keep the laws in order to do it. And he had, you know, times when he had refreshing and things, but then... Uh, he had a, a direct attacks from Satan, and I think we've all kind of experienced that on a spiritual level. Any of us that have come to Christ and lived with him any length of time, you know, we realize there's Satan is out there. Sometimes he's, he's really trying to deflect us from the path. But then there was also a, a couple of times in there where it was just, you know, they, these, they just made bad choices, you know, uh, selfish choices, you know. The path got hard, and so they went off and got into the the uh, castle of giant despair, you know, and uh, those type of things. So, it the spiritual warfare comes in many different forms, you know. How would you um, distinguish just good old fashioned suffering from spiritual warfare? Is all suffering spiritual warfare? Is spiritual warfare a component of all suffering? Is suffering different? In James it says that our, we're going to suffer, right? And it will build our faith. But I think there is a spiritual component because if you don't lean into Christ, if you lean away from him, then that suffering will not build your faith. As a matter of fact, it can tear it down. Um, but I think we as Christians should be prepared for sufferings and then to, to put on the whole armor, right? So that we are prepared to lean into Jesus and to build our faith when those sufferings come. Good. Anyone else on that? I would think I would say, based on what you're saying, that <clears throat> suffering is not spiritual warfare but our response to suffering is the battleground of spiritual warfare, right? The suffering is going to happen. It doesn't mean the enemy did it necessarily. It could just be a thorn in the flesh that the Lord gives you in order to keep us humble, as in Paul's case, right? But 
the spiritual battle is how am I going to respond to it? Am I going to say that your grace is sufficient for me and lean in to Jesus as you say? Or am I going to get mad at God and be angry that I, I lost control or I lost a, some other idol in my life? Yeah. Good. Anything? Are we doing, Dan, or do we cover some of that? We're doing all right? No corrections from a theologian? All right. Um, I think that it's wise to understand the breadth of the tactics that Satan uses. And Dan touched on a lot of those. He's a liar, right? That's his primary scheme. But are there any um, specific tactics that God has taught you in recent days that the enemy uses against you or that uh, you would like to warn your brothers and sisters about? Any spiritual warfare tactics that you see? Paul says we're not unaware of Satan's schemes. Can you hand it? We're not unaware of Satan's schemes, and so it's important to be aware of these things. Julie? Well, I think that Satan really knows our weaknesses, and he knows which buttons to push. So he goes right after that because, you know, he knows how to make that into what he wants it to be rather than us lean on Jesus and make it what he wants it to be. Yeah, so one of the things is to realize that Satan or the enemy or even ourselves, is going to have attacks that are based on us. And so something that might be really difficult for you, I wouldn't even think twice about, and vice versa. There's something that I would be particularly weak about. So our weaknesses in general, we need to be aware that where you're weak, that's where you need to especially trust Jesus. Other thoughts on the enemy's tactics? I think back to, uh, think back to the story of Job, and you know, God allowed physical issues to be raised there, but they turned into spiritual battles between Job and his friends and even his conversation with God. So you're looking at from that standpoint, physical issues can, can turn into spiritual battles. And uh, kind of back to, I think what Dan was trying to say was the salvation, and I, I think it was the sovereignty of God, that through all this we have to remember that God is sovereign in spite of what he might allow the devil to do or the issues to be raised. Amen. Other tactics that you would want to share? I don't think that often we, we face the same sort of attacks that Jesus does. I don't think that we, we, we see the enemy come up to us and say, did God really, like, we don't hear these things out loud. Uh, I think that we're, the work of the enemy or the work of the opposition is, is more so subtle and it's, it, it's, I think, uh, attractive to Christians in a lot of times, using our, our Christianity as a means to, to get other benefits or more influence or authority. And I think that's just as effective as messing up the, at the, the message of the gospel in the church as you know, coming in with, with wolves in sheep clothing is to just totally water down the message by tying it to, some, to other things that are not the gospel. So I think that's a big way that I think that that happens today. I think that that's subtle spiritual warfare is by just changing the, the culture and, and heart of the church. Yeah, backing off on the definition of the gospel would be bad for sure. And there's a lot of pressures in our world to do that. Any other tactics you want to share? All right, well, in our last few minutes here, my last question then would be, 
So how does how has the Lord helped you stand? What are some does, do anyone have a story in their own life of where you saw the Lord help you stand in a, in a case of um, spiritual conflict in your life, spiritual warfare, or how you've seen someone else stand in an amazing way? Should have at least one, I think, just because God does help us stand. I was in a spiritual battle not that long ago, and I needed to sleep. And I don't know if you have that struggle too, where you lay awake and you pitch back and forth and think it through another way and think it through another way, and it shouldn't be. And and um, I needed sleep, and the Lord gave me a whole night without waking up. And so that was just a blessing to do that. And one of the spiritual battles I feel like I have is... Um, Something's out there that's bothering me, but it bothers me more that it bothers me. You don't understand what I'm trying to say? I'm trying so hard. This is just not that big of a deal. I just It's just the way the world is. I need to let it go, and I, and I keep picking it up and picking it up, and I'm ashamed before Jesus. And I one time finally realized that the only solution to stop thinking about something was to on purpose think about something else, right? I had to... I had to focus my mind and take control of my thoughts and work on something else. And so the Lord gives um, the word of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit sometimes works just because it replaces all the bad thoughts. You start thinking, the, you know, just read the Bible or start quoting a verse that you know really well and, and trying to distract your mind. Any other successes about how God's helped you get through a spiritual battle in your life? The only one I can think of right now, I'm sure there's others, but uh, when when we were working to start the Christian school up in the Keweenaw, um, <clears throat> I was chairman of the steering committee, and it just, uh, uh, things just didn't seem to be going, uh, moving forward. And, uh, and I had a tendency, I had a real strong feeling of discouragement in that area. And it was like, um, this battle, should I keep going? You know, which I think was a definite spiritual battle. And eventually, God actually, I felt God spoke to me. And he said, in these words, he said, take the bull by the horns. You know, in other words, I'm with you, and I will give you the strength and, and everything you need to get it done. And he did. Yeah, sometimes that's really good advice. Don't be, my, my dad would remind me sometimes, don't be passive, don't, you know, go for it with your whole heart. My uh, high school hockey career is characterized by the fact that as soon as the game started, I disappeared. I was so afraid. I don't know what I was afraid of. I think I was afraid of looking bad. I might have been afraid of Phil the Thrill Kyvenhoven, who was the kid who beat up a ref in one of the games and cut one of my my teammates' forehead with his stick. So I was afraid of Phil the Thrill <laughs> also. But um, that experience has since haunted me. I so much wish I could go back and play hockey with my whole heart because in practices I did. I, was, I loved that is the games I disappeared. And that has been a, a motivating reminder to me to grab the bull by the horns, be aggressive. If you know something's a good thing to do, 
it's time to go do it and, and come make the phone call, make a difficult phone call, make the sales call, do whatever you got to do. So sometimes it just takes courage, doesn't it? Which is, I think that's what I'm talking about, overcoming fear with courage. Any other things that the Lord has, helps you um, win a battle with? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, weekends ago, I, I was really, I, I was a cranky in my heart. I was just frustrated. And I couldn't, couldn't really put my finger on what it was. And um, Sarah was working on Monday, so I knew I had the boys. And I knew that I would, I would be frustrated. So I'm like going in the day, I'm like, all right, I'm going to just be strong. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be kind to my kids. And like 20 minutes after she left, I'm, I was yelling at my kids. I was just so mad at them, so quick. And um, they were upstairs because I put them into a nap at 9.30 in the morning, which is a bit early. <laughs> but I was, so, I was so sick of them. And I just, I went downstairs and why am I so angry? Why am I so fresh? Why am I doing this? I couldn't ever put a point on it. And I, I just had to come to the point where I'm like, I can't do this. And I, 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 I can't, I can't fight this battle. I'm not strong enough. And uh, in that, I just overwhelming sense of peace. And, uh, just, you know, I didn't, I didn't do it. I, was, I had to, to trust that God was stronger than my, my own effort. My efforts lasted me 20 minutes into a day. And Christ's peace has lasted. So maybe what you're saying is just that the, the uh, quit trying to rely on ourselves. Yeah, right? I had to, yeah. definitely had to stop trying to do it myself and, and trust that, you know, I am... I'm not a slave to my emotions. I am not, I'm not, I, I don't have to give in to my anger. I am, I am free from condemnation. I, I, all these things are, are gone. I can, I can let go. I can, I can love my sons well. And I knew that I was angry and I just couldn't figure out what it was and I just had to let it, let grace cover. Anyone else on that? Well, I think there's more hope than sorrow. And even though we spent more time talking about the nature of these conflicts and uh, the tactics, the answers are simple and the same. And that's believe the truth. More often than not, if not all the time, the battle is whether or not something's true or not. And so that's why God is so faithful and true and identifies himself as true. And so the battle is, am I going to believe what's true or not? All of his rules are good for me. Am I going to trust him or not? Dan, would you close in prayer for us? Our God and Father, we are thankful for your word, that we can come to it and see the truth and, and see the beauty and the love and the grace of who you are and what you've done for us and that through you we can stand firm. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for participating and for listening. Um, we will try to drop this podcast during the week, and a lot of people who can't be here enjoy hearing those things, and so thank you for helping us. You are just-